This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Mastering Innovation on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mastering Innovation on SiriusXM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Nikolai Zikoko, co-director of the Mac Institute for Innovation Management and a professor of management here at Wharton. Uh, just a reminder, we are live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and the show replays a few times throughout the week. I'm really thrilled to welcome Charles Best. Uh, he's the founder and CEO of DonorsChoose.org, a nonprofit crowd orchestrator that really connects school classrooms that are in need of some supplies to donors. Uh, Charles uh, launched this organization in 2000. Uh, to date, teachers at more than 80% of all the public schools in America have created classroom projects, requests on DonorsChoose.org, and more than 3 million people have given to those projects. Um, DonorsChoose.org is one of Oprah Winfrey's ultimate favorite things and made the cover of Fast Company as one of the 50 most innovative companies in the world, which was really the first time a charity had received such recognition. Charles, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining me today. Nikolai, thank you so much for having me on. Now, Charles, for, for those listeners who haven't really heard about DonorsChoose.org, just please tell us, how does it work? Sure. It is a really simple way for anyone to help a classroom in need. Public school teachers all over the country create classroom project requests, which could be for a field trip or a pair of microscopes or a set of art supplies. And then donors can choose the project requests that they want to support and hear back from the classroom they chose to help. Tell us a little bit more about that last thing, right? Because uh, that is, I think, something that's really kind of unique about Donors Choose. Yes. Well, um, not only can you come to our site and um, find classroom project requests that match a personal passion of yours, because there are about 80,000 classroom project requests live on the site uh, at any moment. And so you can search for the town where you grew up, or the sport you played in high school, or the hobby that you're pursuing, and see classroom requests that match your passion. Not only can you do that, but then after you have selected the classroom project request that you want to support, you get photos of your project in action, um, a thank you note from the teacher celebrating when the project is funded, an impact letter that the teacher writes describing what students are learning, and finally, um, students write you thank you letters mm -hmm. that really enable you to see and feel the impact that you had. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a really wonderful kind of tight connection then what one gets uh, from the donor to, to the people who received it. Now, just kind of the fulfillment of these projects, I think you are also playing a role in that, isn't that right? That is exactly right. Um, I, I hope it's fair to say that DonorsChoose.org helped to uh, spawn the the field of crowdfunding, but uh -huh. <laughs> we're, different, we're different from crowdfunding um, in, in two ways. Um, one way you just alluded to, which is that rather than passing through cash to the people creating campaigns, in our case, public school teachers creating classroom mm -hmm. project requests, rather than give them cash when their project is funded, we purchase the materials and have them delivered to the classroom. So if the project request is Uh, butterfly cocoons uh, for a life cycle activity. We are purchasing and having the butterfly cocoons drop shipped to the classroom. If the request is therapeutic horseback riding for disabled students, we're um, 
paying the horseback riding stable to provide those lessons and that service to those particular students. We, we don't give out cash. Now, why did you choose it to do it that way? Giving out cash would be so much easier, wouldn't it? Giving out cash would be a lot easier. Um, we had an assumption, which, which could be wrong, that people have a much lower tolerance for fraud or financial misuse in the charitable sector. I think people can can handle a, I don't know, a one in 200 chance that something you buy on eBay might not show up or, mm -hmm. or that some, a transaction could, could go wrong and, and they can just be a rational economic being and go ahead and still make the purchase so long as the chance of not getting what they wanted is, you know, one in 200 or yep. less. Uh -huh. but, but I think that in the charitable sector, just the idea that anyone could make off with a charitable donation and, and do something different than what was promised is offensive to people. Mm -hmm. And so when, when we began, we, we built the system to really ensure integrity, mm -hmm. uh, uh, to come as close as humanly possible to guaranteeing integrity and, and accountability and transparency. But of course, that made our, our approach <laughs> to, to crowdfunding seemingly much more labor intensive and, and seemingly unscalable because a teacher puts together their request and it's often involves different vendors and all sorts of different items. And mm -hmm. when that project is funded, we're fulfilling the project. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've made that work scalable through uh, a range of measures from crowdsourcing labor to um, bringing the bear advanced technology in the field of procurement. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you um, delve further into those areas if you're curious. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, because I think this is kind of, to me, kind of the fascinating thing uh, of, 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 the, of your business model, right? Sort of, it starts out by saying, uh, well, just let's use the web to connect, right? And, and uh, let's be sort of this, this market maker. Uh, and, and that's, you know, relatively simple. Um, but as you pointed out, kind of trust is a key issue, particularly in, in, in the domain of philanthropic giving, right? And you said basically kind of very boldly, okay, let's, let's solve that problem uh, by uh, basically putting humans in, in between, <laughs> and that's us. Uh, and we are taking sort of more of an active role in actually making this happen. At the same time, though, now you've in some sense lost kind of the scalability of, well, we'll just have a big website. And if we have more people on the website, that's not really not that much difficult, more difficult. But but if we have to fulfill all of these requests, uh, that becomes more difficult. Maybe before we get into the operational issues of this, just give us some some sense of the size, actually. You know, so you already alluded to like 80,000 projects are on the site every time. Um, sort of how many projects every day are you sort of fulfilling? Gosh, let's see. We'll have to do the math on the fly. This, <laughs> this school year, this school year will, um, will receive uh, about more than 300,000 classroom project requests. Uh -huh. so let's say um, almost 1,000 project requests every day are submitted to wow. our site. And the first thing we do, which will also sound unscalable, is we vet and validate each teacher's project request before mm -hmm. posting it to the public site. And that means emailing follow-up questions to the teacher if anything is unclear about what students are going to learn, uh, making sure that they've thought through the experience that they envision for their students, making sure kind of the, it checks out, um, making sure that the materials the teacher has requested match the essay that the teacher has, mm -hmm. has used to describe them. And 
that, that's a bunch of work. That's like yep. you know, 15, <laughs> that's, 15 minutes of yep. review labor on each and every project. And we used to pay people to do that work, college students mm-hmm. usually. And then we realized that we could crowdsource this vetting and review labor to our own teacher users. Hmm. Uh, and so now, if you are a teacher and you've had more than 30 projects funded through our site, you've proven yourself to be an amazing educator, a super responsible and responsive user of DonorsChoose.org, mm-hmm. we often invite you to join a, an elite core of volunteer teachers. Uh, they number about 200 who um, volunteer to do this vetting Mm. and review labor. And we give them lots of training, so they really are expert volunteers. And those 200 people um, are performing the labor of vetting and reviewing each project. We think of it as kind of academic peer review, Wikipedia. Uh Um, And and another way of thinking of it is we've turned to our so-called beneficiaries and asked them to be our coworkers. Mm -hmm. And... That has meant we, it's really um, it's really just one person, one paid staff member who oversees these 200 expert volunteers mm-hmm. who in turn vet and review and fact check a thousand projects a day. Wow. Um, and so in this case, crowdsourcing is what made the our, our integrity assurance, our value add scalable. Yeah. And in the case of um purchasing all the materials when the project is funded, the, the fulfillment mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. upon being funded, that has been more of a high-tech solution to scalability, where we um, we used uh, uh, electronic procurement software, and we added our own skin to it. And um, now, when a teacher is putting together their classroom request, they can go shopping hmm. in any of 20 different um, retailers, vendors who've plugged into our teacher shopping and, and electronic procurement system. Those mm-hmm. vendors range from Amazon to Best Buy to Carolina Biological <clears throat> Supply. And the teacher can say, I need that paintbrush, that microscope. They can put together a multi-vendor shopping cart um, in an interface that is just as intuitive as, as online shopping. And then when their project is funded, our system can take that multi-vendor shopping cart and turn it into purchase orders that are electronically sent to the respective vendors, mm-hmm. telling them exactly what we want to purchase and who it should be drop shipped to. We get invoiced electronically. We pay electronically. If an item is out of stock, we learn about that via XML um, so the teacher can identify our replacement. Um, and that uh, we've, we've we, we brought good old just uh, sophisticated technology yeah. to bear to, to make the work scalable. Neat. Very neat. Now, um, this is probably a difficult question of, you know, what's like the most common request that you have on the site? Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, yes. is there? Yes. <laughs> we, well, well, in fact, we, we have opened up our data. So mm. if there are any um, interested listeners, whether they be uh, Wharton students or, or listeners at large, um, they can actually uh, go to data.donorschoose.org and access the data sets that hmm. we've opened up that, that actually enable anyone to discover the most frequently yeah. requested items or materials by grade level, by by geography. Uh, books, uh, uh, wouldn't surprise you, are um, uh, the most commonly requested item at this very moment. Uh, the Hate You Give um, uh, is the most frequently requested book on our site. It's closing in on Wonder, uh, mm-hmm. which cumulatively has, has been the most requested book on our site. But then there are uh, trending 
requests that are not as uh, obvious. One of them is flexible seating, which is a movement by teachers Mm -hmm. to enable their kids, their students, to um, express their physical energy while sitting at their desks and thereby be able to pay closer attention to their teacher. And so that could mean a desk with a, a thick rubber band that enables kids to basically do like a quad workout <laughs> uh, uh, under their desk, or it's a, a wobble stool or um, a medicine ball hmm. that students can sit on and, and that let them kind of get out physical energy uh, while in the classroom. Because when you think about it, sitting in a, a chair, um, uh, a hard, rigid chair yep. for four hours straight is probably not conducive to uh, you know, keeping keeping your your juices flowing. Right. Um, so in any case, um, it was actually on donors' shoes that um, the 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 trend around flexible seating was detected uh, mm-hmm. for for the first time because um, academics and even the business world had not yet really spotted this as a trend. Yeah. But, but it was evident on our site. Neat. Now, in part, what you just described in terms of you know the technology that you put in place for the teachers to put together basically a you know a shopping card. Um, and you started out earlier by saying this is really an easy system. So that's, of course, kind of the other problem potentially, right? Kind of teachers may think, gosh, now I have to write a grant, right, kind of to get some money and, you know, how much time do you actually have? Uh, so how long does it actually take a, a teacher to create a new request on your system? Yes. It does take some time, um, about half an hour of uh-huh. the teacher's time, um, creating, writing that project essay and then going shopping for the stuff mm-hmm. they need to, to bring that learning experience to life. Uh, and, and half an hour is, is a real um, commitment of time by the teacher. Mm-hmm. We, we um, like to think of it as a small fraction of the time it would take a teacher to submit a traditional grant application. Sure, yeah. Um, and that uh, the teacher's chances of success are a large multiple higher than their chances of success yep. with that traditional grant application. About seven, just shy of 70% of classroom project requests on our site get fully funded. Um, and so it's, there's a, obviously a, a much greater than 50% chance that that half an hour will have been well yeah. spent by the teacher. Great. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, uh, you're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Nikolai Zikoko, and I'm speaking with Charles Best, the founder and CEO of DonorsChoose.org. Now, in some hand sense, kind of the, the teacher is, you know, your customer. I don't know. Um, but yeah. uh, kind of that, of course, in some sense, raises the slightly broader question of why do we actually need to have DonorsChoose.org, right? Um, Funding should come right from other sources to go into schools, yeah. into public schools, so that there is this tremendous big need out there uh, is, of course, a rather sad indication of, of the state of education. Um, but have you started also working with school districts and, and, and sort of one level up or is it still mainly at the, at the uh, teacher level? We are increasingly um working with school district officials who realize that they can use DonorsChoose.org to help their teachers access funding um, uh-huh. uh, from well beyond their network. Yeah. Um, and, and this actually points to the second big difference between DonorsChoose.org and other crowdfunding sites. Um, if the first difference is that we, um, we ensure integrity and accountability and transparency by vetting and validating each project, by fulfilling each project, the second big difference between donors choose another crowdfunding site is that we are not 
um, primarily a mechanism for someone to solicit their friends and family and social network. Right. The vast, vast majority uh, of crowdfunding sites are great ways uh, for you to hit up the people mm-hmm. you already know, yep. uh, to, to reach out to your first and second degree uh, connections on Facebook, on LinkedIn, etc., and to ask for help. And um, that's very different from what happens at DonorsChoose.org, where 75% of the dollars given to classroom projects come from donors who have never met the teacher mm-hmm. they're supporting. Yep. Uh, th- these are donors who we have built up over time, donors who love to support uh, teachers, especially in high-need communities, uh, based on shared passion or shared affinity. So it- it's a donor coming to our site searching for Shakespeare or for gardening mm-hmm. or yoga or mm-hmm. knitting or the city where they grew up, and then discovering a classroom project request from from a, from a teacher they've never met. 25% of the dollars given on our site is from teachers uh, fundraising from their social networks and mm-hmm. posting posting their project request on Facebook. But 75% is being discovered by people all over the country, uh, whom uh, donors whom a teacher would never otherwise have access to, and that's even true from the district perspective. 84% of the dollars given to classroom projects on our site come from donors who live outside hmm. the, the city uh, or the district whose, whose classroom they are supporting. So that does mean that we work with school district officials. Um, to come back to your question about uh, isn't it a shame that teachers have to use DonorsChoose.org yep. and shouldn't the system better provide for them, um, in many respects uh, the answer is yes. Uh, and, and many of the projects on our site are testament to um, the, the school system not providing all the materials that, that students need to learn. About half the projects on our site do request essential materials mm-hmm. like paper, pencils, books, dictionaries, and so forth. Another half of the project requests on our site go beyond what you might expect okay. the school system to provide. It's, it's a teacher requesting butterfly cocoons mm-hmm. or therapeutic horseback riding for disabled yep. students or taking their students on an incredible field trip. Um, and we would love to one day be put out of business when it comes to uh, essential requests yep. and be, be able to focus exclusively uh-huh. on uh, those projects where the teacher is 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 innovating going outside what you would expect the the system to provide but we do believe um that in the interim uh we we don't think that children should go without books so that someone can prove a point about the insufficiency of school funding yeah no absolutely um so let's talk a little bit more about the donor side um, so you already gave us sort of some some information about where they are coming for, or that they're not coming necessarily from the uh, social network or from the same geography. Um, what's kind of the size distribution of donations? The average donation on our site is about fifty dollars. Hmm. Three million people have have given to classroom project requests on our site, and much of our work is focused on. Um, further tapping those people's uh, uh, spirits of generosity. Um, As just one example, uh, on Valentine's Day, and and I'm sharing this example because it was uh, the work of a a, um, business school professor, Adam Alter, uh, at at Stern Business School, Mm -hmm. who had cited research um, showing that people are more likely to donate to hurricane relief 
if the first letter of the hurricane is the same first letter as their own name. <laughs> and so we, uh, we thought, what, what, what does that mean for, for DonorsChoose.org and, and our efforts to help donors give to even more classroom projects and come mm-hmm. back to our site and give again and give again? And we thought, well, um, we've got three million donors and we've got half a million teachers who've created projects on our site. They've got names. Maybe we could match them up. And on Valentine's Day, we ran a test (laughs) Uh um, where we came up with three different Valentine's Day poems. One poem said, roses are red, violets are blue, give to a teacher in a classroom near you. Uh, And and then we would show a Uh geo-targeted project request close to where you were sitting. Another poem said, roses are red, violets are blue, give to a teacher with the same name as you. And we would then show you a classroom project request from a teacher uh, whose first name is Nikolai. Mm-hmm. And we actually found that name matching was even more powerful than hyperlocal geotargeting, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be the holy grail of personalization. Yep. But we uh-huh. found that, uh, in fact, you can, you can get even more personal and, yep. and spark even more uh, a sense of connection by matching up teachers and donors based on a shared name. Mm-hmm. No, it's, again, kind of that, that personal relationship that you somehow have, right? <laughs> or feel you That's have right. um, the, some, something shared. Um, so average donation is fifty dollars. Um, now, of course, once in a while you had like uh, big events happening on your site, and I think it's uh, just very cool to talk about that. So, one day, uh, I don't know, did you receive a phone call and an email by Ripple and saying, "Well, uh-huh. we just we would just like to fund everything that's on your site." Tell us yeah. a bit about about that 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 day, and then tell yeah. me about the mayhem of fulfilling all of those in the next day. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. Potential mayhem is the right word to use. Uh, and and uh, and what a nice segue to, to uh, or, or at least to, for yes, your next segment. Exactly. Uh, yes, um, we had read in the news media about the the growth uh, of Ripple as a company and XRP as a a cryptocurrency, um, and we're especially just fascinated by uh, Ripple's approach to uh, blockchain technology. And um, I realized I, 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 I had met, I, I did know the CEO, uh, Brad Garlinghouse of Ripple, and so I, I was therefore able to uh, send him uh, an, a cold email, um, which, <laughs> which um, laid out uh, a story uh, of how uh, a number of really interesting people a couple years prior had stepped up to fund all the classroom project requests in their hometowns and home cities. Mm-hmm. So this included uh, Serena Williams, who funded all the classroom project requests in Compton, where she grew up, mm-hmm. and Samuel Jackson, who funded all the classroom project requests in Chattanooga, and Elon Musk, who funded all the classroom project requests surrounding SpaceX and Tesla facilities. And I, I told that story mm-hmm. uh, of, of um, kind of the first uh, uh, emergence of what we called a best school day, because we were able to announce all those gifts on one single day. Mm-hmm. And as incredible as it was, it only covered half the country. And another half of the country was kind of left on the sidelines because they, they didn't have a hometown hero stepping up on that day yeah. to fund all the classroom projects. And so I told that story in, in this email to the CEO of Ripple and, and said that if ever Ripple wanted to take the, the promise and the potential of best school day to its very apex, they could give $29 million dollars to fund all 36,000 classroom project requests that were live on our site at that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, and I, I, I just ended by saying I know this is an absolutely absurd uh, pitch that you probably cannot even consider, but I, I just know that a million students and teachers would want me to go for it because, <laughs> uh-huh. um, in, in fact, there were a million students and teachers behind those 36,000 classroom project yeah. requests that a $29 million donation would fulfill in, in one fell swoop. And, um, and Brad and, and uh, the, the founder of Ripple, Chris Larson, wrote back saying that they were open to a conversation and one thing led to another and it actually came to be, <laughs> <laughs> to, to our own shock. Yeah. Uh, and yes, to finally answer your question, <laughs> it was a, a logistical feat, um, uh, unprecedented within our organization to, on, um, on one single day, bring to life 36,000 classroom project requests. But wow. we knew it was coming, and uh-huh. we knew that, that this ought to be our, our finest moment operationally, yeah. and, uh-huh. and that we owed it to Ripple to nail it in our in our execution. Yeah. And, um, we planned weeks and weeks and weeks in advance. Uh, we even uh, timed precisely when we would let our vendors know to stock up on their inventory and in exactly what quantities. And we, we were able to pull it off within two weeks. The vast majority of those 36,000 classroom projects were actually physically in, in classrooms. Wow. Amazing. Um, now, we're, of course, still quite excited about the Eagles. Yeah. And <laughs> now you've just launched another kind of interesting uh, um, joint promotion, let's call it this way, around the NFL, NFL Playoff Challenge with the Dick Sporting Goods Foundation. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I'm so glad you, you saw that. It is a way for people to show love to their to their team, to their NFL team, um, by giving to a classroom project request in the in the community served by that team. Um, and it's a, a bit of a friendly, altruistic competition uh, mm-hmm. between those teams and, and their hometowns uh, to see which which hometown um, factoring for population. So it's not just uh, a contest that uh, the city with the largest population will, will, by definition, win because we control for for population. Um, which which city, which which team's fans can do the most good for public school children in their hometown in the name of their team? Mm-hmm. And we're we're really excited to to see what happens. And it actually harkens back to something that Stephen Colbert did. Um, as kind of his first act of support for for the teachers and students we serve, he, he, Stephen Colbert then uh, uh, would go on to get even more involved, and he's now one of our our hardest working board members. But mm-hmm. uh, his first act of support was to create a philanthropic presidential straw poll <laughs> where people could show love to their favorite presidential candidate by donating to a classroom project uh, in their in their name in their honor, and and thereby. Uh, pushing up their candidate in what we call the straw poll that makes a difference. This is a little bit of a reprise, uh-huh. except it's uh, not for presidential candidates, but for uh, uh, NFL teams. Wow. So, obviously, DonorsShoes.org has, has grown quite a bit from the humble beginnings in 2000. Um, what are your future plans? Kind of what new features or products or services are you, what new enhancements to the site are you thinking about? We dream of one day being able to help uh, school districts and states, and, and uh, we dream of helping government to um, spend education dollars 
even more wisely and efficiently and responsively because in the data that we have opened up, people can now see um, what resources teachers most need in mm-hmm. which communities. They can see which books teachers think are most effective at getting kids hooked on reading, which technology devices teachers in Philadelphia high schools think are most needed as expressed by the projects that they're creating on our site. And we, we, we envision it as a way to give voice to classroom teachers uh, and, and effectively give them a seat at the budget-making table, if not the policy-making mm-hmm. table, now that uh, people can hear and see what teachers are trying to tell the powers that be uh, about what's most needed and what's most effective. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the, the dream is, is that by enabling policymakers and budget makers and government officials and, and members of the news media to take the pulse of classroom teachers, that we could one day help the system itself to mm-hmm. improve. Right. Now, sort of philanthropy obviously has existed you know, for a long time, but now you know, with the Internet, higher connectivity, particularly more data availability, uh, there's been quite a lot of innovation, right, in this in this whole field, uh, and obviously, kind of donorsjuice.org is a is a prime example of that. Uh, what are some of the sort of key innovations that you have seen in this whole field of philanthropy of that that really has has moved the needle in terms of how to run these kinds of organizations or what kinds of organizations to create? Well, I think the two the the, the um, our two sources of inspiration mm-hmm. are um, first marketplaces of unique items. Um, So that means that uh, Etsy and uh, Kickstarter uh, are two of the websites that we will often look to for Mm -hmm. product inspiration because they also are marketplaces of uh, uh, items that sometimes have uh, an inventory of one and Mm -hmm. will never be recreated Uh uh, in the future. so, so that is one source of inspiration. Another is nonprofit organizations that are uh, that enable donors to feel like protagonists in a story. Mm-hmm. Um, we want uh, uh, giving on donorschoose.org to feel not so much like consummating a transaction or a donation, but to feel like uh, the forging of a relationship and and like um, uh, one is reaching out uh, across across borders or, or across city lines to, um, to to provide a helping hand to a classroom whose teacher they may not know, whose students they may not know, but who clearly um, have a, a passion or an interest that, that overlaps with, with the donor. Yeah. No, I think what, what's really fascinating about donorsuse.org is kind of your use of technology as really augmenting the human relationships, right? Uh, it is not just a substitute of, hey, we can create a marketplace, but you're using it to um, kind of make that initial connection, but then kind of have, for instance, again, those letters come back or even now you know, using some of your users as referees or um, um, for, for these uh, proposals. I think that's wonderful. Charles, thank you so much for joining me today. Nikolai, thank you so much for the conversation. Um, great to uh, be in conversation yeah. with you, and uh, I'm very grateful. Wonderful. So uh, if our listeners want to help you, what can they do? So obviously they can they, log on and, and, and donate money. Are there other ways how they can pitch in? Yes. I think the, the two ways would be, one, to go to donorschoose.org and express a personal passion and see if there are not classroom project requests matching that passion. 
The second would be to go to data.donorschoose.org mm-hmm. and to consider um, making a discovery uh, or deriving an insight or simply listening to classroom teachers uh, through the data that we've yeah. opened up, uh, capturing the um, uh, more the, the almost two million classroom project requests that teachers have created. Great, wonderful. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.